Hello and welcome to Ruthie, Uni, Dad and Me. I'm Ruthie and this is Dad. I'm Dad, yeah. Um, this is, in this podcast, if this is your first time tuning in, um, we discuss what's going on with my university life. I'm a full-time student at the University of York studying French and Spanish. And what are you, Dad? I am a baby boomer. Um, we're very popular these days. Boomer, okay. Okay, yeah, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> boomer, okay. Which is <laughs> the inverted. Yes, I'm a, a baby boomer, washed up broadcaster. Um, so I thought we'd start with your crush, uh, your crush entry, as that's always fun, I think. It's just where you can post who you fancy um, if you go to the uni. Uh, so this is my favourite from this week. MT. You said you wanted a yard crush about you, so I thought I'd use this as an opportunity to tell you to stop pissing in bowls and throwing it out of the window. You're nasty. Is that the sort of thing that goes on? No, but should I tell you what does go on, Dad? Go on. The boys, we in their sinks. So we're in shared bathroom accommodation, but each of the rooms have a wash basin inside, you know, for brushing your teeth and whatever. And the boys, we in them. All the boys as well. I tell you what, I'm not shocked. What, but I'm not shocked. And I mean, all the boys are like, yeah, why is that so weird? Why is that a big thing? No, as long as they clean it out afterwards. Yeah, but it's still, it's in your room. <laughs> That's the place you sleep. Well, it is the place you sleep, but I'm assuming the boys that wee in the sink are weeing in their own rooms. They're not going to other people's rooms. And no, they're not weeing in the kitchen no, sink. No, and that's good. Well, not in the See, kitchen sink. all really girls good. think this is like, you don't need to, and all boys think it's fine. Mm. This is the gender the gender gap. It is. I suppose it's easier for boys um, yeah, but because it's still of the gross. way boys are configured. It's easier for them to wee in the sink configured it's, than it is for for a woman for a girl. No, it is easier, but there's mm. no need to do it. So there used to be the ex- reason girls aren't doing it is not because of the ease. No, they they think it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. The gross factor. It's the gross factor. But years ago, because I, I do try and... I mean, there's a way you're passing on to me what students are doing these days. I do try, try to pass on to you things from the past, which you find uh, entertaining. Things from the past, yeah. Yeah. Well, they used to... Bucklins was was a holiday camp. Yeah, yeah, I know what Bucklins is. Right, it was a holiday camp. They used to have chalets. It wasn't what you'd call luxuriously appointed. And the toilets weren't always convenient to get to. They weren't in your room. You know, you mm. had to go to a toilet. And what used to happen is girls did used to, sometimes in, in times of desperation, girls used to go in the wash basin. And they could get, you could get a sort of rash for going. And it was used to be called Butlin's Bum. It was well known as Butlin's Bum. Oh. If you had a, a rash from using the sink as a toilet. That is absolutely vile. Mm, Although, well, see, I do say every, this, but... I did have we in a bucket ah, in you? my tent at least first. Oh, at least first, yeah. Well, I think that. But then thing. this is the thing, like at least at Butlins or at least first or something like that, you didn't. You're not living there. That's not your home. No. You get to leave it and it gets cleaned and stuff. Mm. Whereas that is your your place for a year. Can I ask you about the sport you're doing? Because you're doing netball and you're doing boxing. Yeah, netball quite intermittently though because it clashes with them. Um, one of my seminars, so I can't always go. Right. But yeah. The only reason I'm asking this is something in the papers every week to frighten parents of, of students. And there's one, there was one this week talking about initiation rituals. The story said initiation rituals put students off university sport. Talented students are dropping team sports when they arrive at university because of archaic initiation practices that hark back to the boarding school fagging system. Students are expected to down copious amounts of alcohol mm. while performing acts including clenching burning lavatory paper between their buttocks. And that's the least 
horrendous of all these things. Do, I mean, does anything well, like that go on at your place? I, I mean, mean, even like the rugby team and things. Yeah, so nothing like like that. I don't know, but I, one of my my next door neighbour in my halls, he's a, does rugby, and one of the things that he was telling me that he has to do is oh, I can't remember what exactly what it was, but I think it was ten in a hundred or something. I have to do ten pints in like a hundred. No, it can't be ten pints in a hundred minutes. Thing, is right? that? Is that a lot or not? That's a heck of a lot. Is that a lot? Uh, okay, so I think much. it was 10 pints in 100 minutes, and I think they go to 10 different bars or something. And then to pre-drink, you have to drink a whole bottle of wine or something oh like that. Oh, my goodness. That was like, those were like the rules. And then yeah. I know I've not heard about it being played. It might have well have been in a different college rugby team or something, but I know one of the famous games I remember hearing about was called Centurion, which is you have to do 100 shots of beer in 100 minutes which sounds really easy I don't know whether I've told oh, you this one it's the shots one. I think you it's told the shots me that, and yeah. just the throwing your thing back so I think they've yeah. maybe done that the other one is always save the queen all the time so that I went to a pub quiz last Friday and there was a couple of rugby teams and you have to throw a coin when they're not looking into their beer glass or whatever and then you have to save the queen from drowning because the queen is on the coin obviously mm. by downing your drink well, these don't sound and half then, as bad as, uh, as some of the ones that are, are listed here. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I don't, think that, I, I, I don't think there has been ones going on like that. But, I mean, they do go out every single Wednesday if you're on, like, the rugby teams and you are expected to drink, hold your drink or whatever. Not with the girls, I don't think. Not with the girls' sports. No. Although they, you do get um, bin-bagged. Not, this is, again, I'm not in any of the sports that would be good enough for this. But I know if you're in the, like, university netball team... Um, they won't let freshers look nice, so you have to get bin bagged before you go out. So they just put a bin bag over you. Really? <laughs> like you have your head cut out and your arms cut out and everything, but just a bin bag, bag over your clothes because you're not allowed to look nice if you're a fresher. Is that right? Yeah. And then the only other one I've heard of, which is get again, is um, just from a friend who goes to Bristol, uh, and he had to. And it was initiation into not. It was like a not a sports society, just another mm. kind of society. And what he had to do was read out his personal statement from uni and every time the room cringed you have to do a shot and obviously your your personal statement is pretty cringy so mm. a lot of well, shots I, yes I think those are just drinking games and that's so bad most of these involve well not to which you find a point it involve your bum uh, mm. reading through these they sound like American ones you know like fraternity yeah ones. well they're terrible apparently and they are taking this seriously because apparently they're introducing a whistleblowing system in January under this students will be able to report harmful initiations anonymously uh, with a single click on a website and it's a crackdown by British universities and college sports the BUCS and obviously they don't want to lose talented sports people but mm. you know if I were talented at sport and then I were asked to do some of these things luckily you're not talented at sport eh? luckily i'm not talented at sports <laughs> and luckily i'm not at university but if i were i just would i just think do i want to play rugby and go through all that but you know, it's kind of like some of it is kind of part of team camaraderie well, like i understand I, i'm not saying that those ones are right but i get why they do go out and drink like loads and loads and loads every week because it's about yeah building a team or whatever like I do kind of get it I think it's sort of gone out of British sporting culture I mean professional football teams did used to bond by going out and getting drunk and behaving atrociously but I think it's pretty well gone out of professional sport and I think they're trying uh, trying to take it out of uh, university sport as well yeah I'd sort of approve of but I'm glad to hear basically just one other thing I needn't worry about with you I mean you needn't worry about it because I'm not good enough at sport (laughs) good thank goodness for that 
let me tell you about my week, Dad. So we went out most recently on the Saturday. We record this on a Wednesday. And I thought you'd be interested in knowing what the like state school and private school divide is like at university. You know, that's the first time you're mixing mm. with people who've gone to a different type of school and whatever. I think this sums it up pretty well. So me and a couple of the other people had got back to our flat. We were in the kitchen making food when we got in. I was making a cheese toasty once again in my wok. Um, You're still using your wok? I've not got a frying pan. No, but what about a, a sandwich maker? Were we not going to get a sandwich maker? I've not got a sandwich maker either. Would that help? Because we can get you a sandwich maker. They're not. I don't expensive. think I need one. Like The wok is working absolutely fine. Yeah, okay. And I can just do an open toasty cutter, really. Mm. You know, do it on the grill. I'd also run out of bread. All I had left was the crusts of the bread. So I was making my cheese toasty in the crusts of my bread in my wok. Quite sad, sadly, really. We'd just got on the we'd just got the bus home. Really cold. What, when two, was, what time is this? Saturday. This. This is three a.m. Maybe or something like that. Oh, three a.m. You've been out for the night. Yeah, we've been out for the night. night. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'd had to get a bus home. Was cooking my crusts and. Two of the other people who in my flat walk in who went to private school, they walk in with their pizza boxes that they just got delivered after getting their Uber home. And I just thought, that's it. That's the divide. Well, how do you say that? That's not so It's not it's no, not really. I think lots of people who went to state school do get pizzas delivered by delivery. Just probably. so sad. But um so there really isn't a divide. That's kind of what I wanted to say. You don't really feel it at all. No. I thought maybe you would. I thought from seeing films and TV shows about going to university, mm-hmm. they really painted out, like, there'd be people there who'd be like, oh, where did you go to school? Expecting, you know, wanting you to say what school they'd heard of or whatever. And mm. you having to be like, oh, no, I just went to, you know, normal school. But, like, never in my experience has it happened at all. I'll tell you what I've been struggling with at university. And that's finding, like, a balance between everything. Because you're... You, you've made these good friends who are in your flat and stuff, as most people do, because they're the people you're around, around 24-7 or whatever. And you want to carry on hanging out, out with them all the time because it's very easy and relaxed, like having family. And then you also want to try and get meeting all the people in your course and making better friends with them, but you don't want to lose the other friends and like that balance. And then a balance between the work and doing like going out and stuff which you still want to do because it's fun and then uh, with societies and all that kind of thing and doing all your homework and everything no one really teaches you how to do it you're kind of just thrown in the deep end and I do think it's very much like because it's that bubble thing again it's very sort of all or nothing all the time like that so they say what you should do when they teach you about in like orientation week and stuff is that you should do the rule of eight which is eight hours of work eight hours of play and eight hours of rest or something eight hours of sleep Sweet, yeah. yeah and so but like when you actually think about it eight hours of work and eight hours of rest does, just doesn't work out because that's like all the time for like getting to and from lessons if you need to go into town if you need to do a shop if you need to make food if you need to go to dinner or whatever that's all within rest within play hmm. and like it would that just is impossible to upkeep this rule of eight thing no. So what rule are you keeping? Are you, no rule. Just no, playing well, it by ear. Yeah, playing it by ear. Obviously, you're going to end up doing that. But what? But uh, how I long just do think you think you're doing on, on work? If they say on work. Of work. See, if I'm were, saying they're probably actually, doing. I like fully honestly. Yeah, well, fully I don't honestly. know because I have like some days I have like four hours of actual uh, lectures and seminars. So then I'll probably do an extra 
three. So then I'm doing like seven, which is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. But the days when I only have one thing, I'll probably only do an extra two hours. Then I'm only doing three. Yeah, because if you were actually you know, in the world of work, that would be eight hours. Yeah, but it's easier then, isn't it? Because you, no one's setting you tasks or telling you what you need to do. Like you just go in, you do your eight hours and you go home. Mm. Like it's impossible. I just think it's really, really difficult. And I think sometimes they expect too much from 18-year-olds, really. Yeah, I suppose it depends on the course you're doing. Some people say they do very little in the first yeah. year. No, some people really don't have to and their courses are really easy and stuff. But then I think it's just the thing of it's um, each course is completely comparable in their eyes or whatever of how much stuff, you know, you should have missed, how much work, like you'll, how many hours you'll have to put in of work or whatever. Mm. But obviously it's really not because people's courses are very different and stuff. And I think it's sometimes a bit unfair. And when you, when you go out for a night out, mm. which you do what? Two or three times a week, would you say? Yeah, two or three times. Two or three times a week. You stay out quite late, don't you? Yeah, yeah, most most of the time. But I'm not that, like, I'm still quite good at, like, I'll get up at nine o'clock the next morning and sort of don't really feel it the next day. I guess I'm lucky because I'm young. But then again, I don't think that's complete. It's not completely healthy to be, even if you do get up at nine the next morning, like, if you've only had, like, five hours of sleep and you're hungover, that's still not... A healthy balance even if you're doing all the things no but i don't think i mean when they say rule of eight eight they're probably saying that's like a a template you don't have to stick to it i mean there's no way you're going to stick to no that, no obviously no, not in, not in a million years but we're almost done for this term we're on week eight we only have to go up to week 10 and the strike's going on for the next two weeks so some people don't have anything else wow so are, are your lecturers on strike um i know one of them definitely isn't uh, I only have one lecture, so that's doesn't. I don't know whether he is, but it doesn't really matter. It's only one thing. I know that one of my seminar like leaders, my professors, is striking. I think, and one is definitely not. And I don't know. You're not really meant to ask, are you? You can't ask. We can ask the students. Mm. They've told us, but they're yeah, they're not. Ask, under- you have to know, don't you? Yeah, but what the idea is that they they are well within their rights to just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't say." And then you turn up to the seminar and it's actually the the, the leader never turns up or whatever because it's to cause the most amount of disruption possible. Blimey. Mm-hmm. So I suppose one way you are saving a bit of time is not watching TV. At I home, really don't watch, watch nearly as much TV as I used to no, watch. No, you watch lots of TV at home. But are you watching I'm a Celebrity? Get me I have been watching it? a bit of I'm a Celebrity. I didn't fin- I've not finished a single episode, but I've been you know watching bits of it in and out and stuff. I saw a bit of last night's episode. I think Kate Garraway is maybe the most annoying person in the world. Is she doing that laugh? I've not watched it. Well, oh, I Dad, a tiny bit don't watch it. You'll get so annoyed with her. Well, I should. She's so annoying. So She's she clearly could... got real talent, though, for filling time on a TV show. Mm. Like, just goes off watch on one. Like, more annoying than she is on breakfast TV. She needs to just be quiet. Does she do that laugh that she does on Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dear. She just... Ugh. Well, I saw one tiny bit of it. I saw Ian Wright with the Scorpions. But Ian Wright, you know Ian Wright, the footballer? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you he, know, he seems all right, actually. He seems, yeah. He always so seems does to be a the, decent, um, decent guy. The James Haskell, the uh, England rugby, He's a rugby, rugby player. player. Yeah. yeah, he seemed a really nice guy. Um, and then, like, I'm, I was surprised because I, as I was I, watching it, I was scrolling through Twitter and stuff, just the amount of, like, transphobia against Caitlyn Jenner and stuff. Like... That Bruce yeah, so who is Caitlyn Jenner? Is it 
Caitlyn Jenner is Kylie and Kendall's. She's one of the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, yeah, Kardashian related and whatever. But also, she won a when before she transitioned, she won a a medal, gold medal at the Olympics, decathlon. Decathlon. Which is unbelievable. Can we talk for a second about how ridiculous the decathlon is? It's ten ten events. events. Hmm. Just pick one. Well, that's the thing about it is, you, you know, you have to have a wide variety of skills. One, Bab, ten. It's mm. a lot. So she wanted to decathlon. And then but now she's, she's on Amos Lab. I mean, she, she, she said it herself, so like, in one of the episodes. she's from a man into a woman. Yeah, her, her name used to be Bruce. Of course um, I know And then Bruce now. Jenner was trending on Twitter, which is obviously just, the whole nation has revealed itself to be massively, like... Well, the Twitter. I mean, there would. Yeah, there would, Twitter. So, what, what was Twitter saying? Because I never saw any of it. Just loads of them were saying stuff about her and just insulting and being transphobic and just like stuff like that. I can't remember any specifics really, but yeah, just I wouldn't have thought that. No, well, what she what, what is she like on the program though? Is she, um, is she she's a bit. She's a bit annoying. Yeah. Her voice is pretty annoying because it's really American, but she's less annoying than Kate Garraway, and she's annoying, but she doesn't seem like stuck up or anything. No. So. So Ian Wright would have a good chance right. of winning it. I think I saw in the betting he's... Is he ahead? He's not the He'll absolute favourite. I think he's second favourite. Who will be the favourite? Roman Kemp? Yes, Roman yeah. Kemp is the favourite. He came across yeah. really well. Yeah. Did he? And he's from a band? Or? No, he's a capital like DJ or whatever, but he's Martin Kemp's son. Martin Kemp's Martin son, Kemp right. and Shirley, Shirley Kemp, who's was from Wham. Wham? She was in Wham. Well, she would have been a backing singer for Wham. Oh, she was think. a backing singer of Wham, and his yeah. his godfather is like George Michael and stuff. So he's well connected. Yeah, bit of nepotism going on, maybe. Totally against it. What did you have for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast? Had um, a slice of toast with some jam on, mm. um, a little bit of pineapple, and a little bit of yogurt. What fresh pineapple? Or pineapple out of a tin. Fresh pineapple. Wow. I have fresh pineapple every morning at breakfast. Really? We are, by the way, in case you didn't know, I have in catered accommodation, so I get five breakfasts and five dinners a week. A week, yeah. Like like tea time. Dinners. You don't get five breakfasts every day. Yeah, I get five breakfasts and five dinners a day. And I eat <laughs> them all. No, I get breakfast every day, and weekday, dinner. and dinner every day. Dinner every day. Well, you know all the years when you were growing up and I said to you, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Mm. And of course, everybody, not just yourself, but everybody, yeah, all your siblings, they all poo-pooed it. No, I That's absolutely it. didn't. No, well, That's a lie. It, anyway, it's true, it is. He's lying for effect, though. According to the science editor of the Times, it is. The most important meal of the day might be even more important than you think. A study has found that children who skipped breakfast scored the equivalent of nearly two grades lower at GCSE. I mean, I know wow. this is all behind you now, but it was in a magazine. No, it's called, interesting to know. It, it was interesting to know. Frontiers in Public Health asked nearly 300 children about their breakfast habits and GCSE scores. After adjusting for socioeconomic status and other factors that might affect consumption, the researchers found a strong link between the two. And this study was done at Leeds University. Oh, there you go. So you might have even taken part right in that back garden. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Katie Adolphus, co-author from Leeds University, said there were good reasons to believe that having breakfast could sharpen your thinking. Uh, glucose is fuel for the brain. There must be a bit of that in uh, pineapple, I would have thought, or in your jam. The serotonin in pineapple. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, breakfast. Happy. Yeah, oh, it keeps you happy. Yeah, I just eat just loads and loads of it whenever I'm sad. 
Brilliant. Uh, breakfast provides energy for neural, neuronal activity, she said, adding that the research should provide an impetus to introduce more free breakfast programmes at schools. Uh, so basically campaigning for free breakfast at schools. And they're all saying that uh, they're going to do stuff like that because there's an election on. So uh, everything's... Oh, yeah, I know. I read, I read through the... I didn't manage to see the debate. I did was going to. But I did read through the promises, whatever, and I was like... They're all promising to make wages higher and build loads of houses, like mm. every party, so it doesn't really matter who you go for, because apparently it's all going to be just great. It is. I'm looking forward to it. So this is really funny, but there's literally... there's It has no links. It has no current affairs, prescience or anything. It's no just thanks. funny. So have you heard of STEM subjects? STEM subjects? <laughs> yeah. No. So they're, they're the science, technology, engineering and math subjects. They're the numbers subjects. They're the mm. ones that people are like more... They're the, like, you get the B... What's it called? Oh, Bachelor of Science, like BSC or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, those are the, the fancy ones. Well, um, the science degrees. No, yeah, the science degrees. The ones that aren't humanities, basically. Mm. And they're called STEM subjects or whatever. And all the people who do humanities are all, like... There's a there's a culture that the STEM subjects kind of look down on the people who do humanities, like English lit and and arts and politics and all those kind of things um and so in return the humanities subjects are like oh well up yours stem subjects and i heard some people were talking about how they were anti-stemitic anti-stemitic which i just thought was brilliant obviously it's like you need to be very careful that you don't get the pronunciation wrong but i just thought that was so funny other thing there's some there are because i wondered how politically active things would get as it it gets more and more close to the general election and the vote and stuff and um i have actually seen quite a few vote labor signs on people's windows no vote tory ones though no, well, you wouldn't expect that in in university. I mean, there probably will be people who vote Tory, but they would oh, keep, yeah, definitely. You'd keep quiet about it, wouldn't you, if you're mm. in university? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A bit of music now, Ruth. Yeah, let's. Uh, let's start with yours. Uh, it's Girl in Red. Yeah, and it's a song called Say Anything.
See, that was odd, that, because um, the, the lyrics sounded quite male, and yet it's called Girl in Red. I mean, pretty sure it's uh, a yeah, female so, singer. Um, this is a singer called Marie Ulven Ringheim, uh, known professionally as Girl in Red. Um, she is 20 years old. She was born in 1999. Does that make you feel old? Mm. And she is from Norway, uh, another Norwegian singer, because... Uh, we had Sigrid before, and right. she's from Norway as well. Mm. This song that you just heard was released in January of 2018, but her most famous one is a song called I Want to Be Your Girlfriend, um, and that was in the new was listed at number nine on the New York Times list of 68 best songs of 2018. Right. Um, she's been named a queer icon by paper, which is probably why you thought that the lyrics were quite... Because you're so heteronormative, Dad. I'm, it's probably t- why heter- I'm just so heteronormative. Well, that's probably why you thought that the lyrics were what's, quite what, what's um, cisgender, male. What's cisgender? Am I cisgender? Yeah, like so that? just um, if your biological gender matches like your presenting gender. Yeah, but I'm a heteronormative cisgender. No, you're not, you're not heteronormative. Heteronormative is what society is. Ah, right. So, like, so when, when you assumed that this the you were like oh they're really male lyrics mm. because you just assume that everyone is heterosexual yes i do yeah um anyway it's sort of like a starting point although i did although read, although i did read something yesterday uh, that said assume all until told otherwise assume all characters in fiction are bisexual so until you read through it just assume they're all bisexual but of course that's only one of hundreds of things they could be yeah um mm. And then well, I, was, that, I went to an exhibition at the uh, Hepworth Gallery, the world-class art gallery that we have in Wakefield, and somebody was described as cisgender queer, Christina Quang, and I was discussing with your mum exactly what cisgender queer is. Yeah, uh, you can probably enlighten me exactly. So what she's that both means. biologically female and presents as female, so looks looks like how you would imagine right, a girl to look, right. but she's queer. Meaning gay. gay, basically. But it just means gay, it's not... Queer does, yeah, but it means more kind of... So why do some like, people... What's, what's, what's the in gay and queer? Is queer's more open than gay? Yeah, so like, I think some people just prefer the word queer. Mm. And it's also like about reclaiming the word as well. It's difficult for us boomers to keep up. But you're a great help. Thank you, I am a great help. But I think there's more room for kind of... Nuances. It, queer has got queer is, is, is more of an umbe- umbrella term. So there's more room for people who are like non-conforming to gender and like the, those kind of things. I think people prefer it because it's a bit more broad. Right. Than, say, than just saying gay. And anyway, I, I didn't know whether you'd know... So the song is like very... Uh, just simple lyrics and stuff it's qu- quite like um, retro in theme or whatever mm. and it's called Say Anything after the film I didn't know whether you'd seen this film oh. that's what I was trying to say Say Anything Say Anything 1989 film John Cusack young, very young John Cusack and no, it's, it's a very iconic film and the, the cover yeah, of this the film, yeah 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 the cover of this single is him with the boombox he holds a boombox outside the girl's window to get the girl and it's one of those scenes that is you know like in the it, you know one of those john hughes movie scenes right, you know like the right. the punching of the air in the breakfast club or um mm. the hair in the shower in ferris bueller's day off like it's one of those iconic like movie moments right so that's what this song is kind of about okay i'm going to play a, a tune uh, uh, recommended by the uh, by one of the emailers last week this is billy bragg i loved you then as i love you still though i put you on a bed still they put you on the pill i don't feel bad about letting you go i just feel sad about letting you know 
that's Billy Bragg. I, bet, I suspect you've heard that. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, if not his version, uh, there was a version by Kirsty McCall who. Uh, oh, from from the Pogues. Uh, who does the Christmas song with the Pogues? She, she, no, she just does that. She doesn't do anything else. She exists only in Christmas. <laughs> no, which well, and only was, in New York. That was a hit uh, for her. Not from New York at all. Um, she's, no, she's Scottish, but Irish, I think. Irish, I think so. Oh, yeah. Are the Pogues Irish? Um, but she's Never not. Mind. She's she's died sadly. Um, she? Yes, she died really in, in an accident. But yeah, that was Kirsten Actually, Kirsten no, McCall. I know that because whenever that song gets played on, it's obviously such a jolly song and everyone loves it and everyone's singing onto it. Someone always says, "Oh, you know, she died in a car accident." It was a proper tragic, like. Oh, it was very tragic. Yeah. She was very young. Can I, I Google how she died? Google. Exactly. I think it's a boat accident. I think it's a boat accident as well. Because there's a few famous people who've died in boats. Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood. You did say uh, absolutely tragic, and you did say there are a few people who died in boat accidents. And I was trying to think. Uh, all I could think was Natalie Wood and everyone on the Titanic, but. Rose. No, no, it's not Rose. Leonardo DiCaprio's character? Mm. What was it? Jack. Jack died. Jack, Jack. A sort of um, a, moderate, um, a moderate helping of emails, but not millions of them this week. And mostly, I'm afraid, from my cronies. Um, As per usual. Yeah, Nigel Bennett. Well, not always. They don't, not, maybe I need to be plugging other forms to get in touch. Well, you, know, you can. Well, I'll, I'll just go yeah. through these, who, are, like I say, are mostly from my cronies. Uh, Nigel Bennett, who's a self-confessed crony. In fact, he describes himself as a stalker, but I think he's more of a crony. And he says, as Ruth is studying languages, what better way to learn than from an actual native? And she, he's suggested uh, Eduardo Paglia <laughs> uh, as a possible tutor, who's from my other podcast. I know you don't like me mention that I have another podcast, which is from the other one. Um, Brian, makes me feel not very special. Yes, Brian Long, another crony. As An you know. actual friend in <laughs> actual real life. Friend in real <laughs> and life. a man who I've probably met because he's friends with you. I think you probably have. Uh, well, well, what Brian says well, this is interesting because you made you made the point last week, quite an interesting point. What do we sound like to the French? You know, when you're speaking yeah. French, what do we sound? What does our accent mm. sound like? And he says that he's always tried to when he's been on holidays in France, he's always tried to speak French. And he said uh, after a week there speaking French, he said I, I could get by, but I went to the re- receptionist and I needed to hand over my passport. And on seeing our passports the receptionist was, was surprised to find out we were British after listening to my French for a week she'd assumed I was German so, apparently, <laughs> so it does have an accent apparently we sound like Germans because he's mentioned another mate of his um, who's from Skipton and was did business in France and was regularly mistaken for being uh, being German so I guess it is kind of a similar like harshness of sound yeah yeah it does, that doesn't surprise me we can't me flow as well as yeah. say the French can I'm uh, sure if Italians speak French, it sounds more French. Yeah, I suspect so. It's a Romance language, isn't it? Mm. And uh, Hugh Besant, uh, who gets in touch with us a lot, uh, is ridiculing me for never having heard of Mario Kart. Yeah, I know. Um, I, t- I knew, I told you everyone's heard of Mario Kart. Yeah, except We've me. We've obviously yeah. been playing Muchos de, de Mario Kart. You're still playing loads of it. Oh, yeah. like quite a lot. Well, we went through a patch where we weren't playing as much, I think, over the weekend and stuff. Um, the boy who has the controllers went home for the weekend, so had to have like we all Is had he withdrawal to go symptoms. Home if he's got controllers? That, you know what? I, that's why I said I said the room should be permanently open. It's not, you know, it's extremely selfish to just go home. Mm. Uh, but then we had a good session where we were trying to because you can unlock stuff oh. if you like 
get uh, first in all the cups and things, you can unlock like new courses. This is all also really exciting for me because I never had Mario Kart as a no. kid. So they've all kind of well, you're not been a game, excited about not this. Not a game person, are you? Not, not really, no. no, not at all. But I'm a pub a quiz person all right and we've been doing a lot of quizzes last night we were up in the kitchen oh, until you. maybe half 12 1 a.m this was not we weren't drinking or anything like that just doing quiz questions oh really we do a lot of quiz questions i think there's a couple of us who are like really nerdy and so we big into quiz questions at the moment and we, there's a pub what, quiz from a book or from the internet just from sorry. the internet yeah. there's a pub quiz every um friday that's on so you know we're training if you do want to get in touch with us, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. That's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. And no need to be a crony. You no, no, you of... can you can be however old you want. Mm. Uh, and then if you did enjoy the music as well while you're on the internet, um, you can go over to the Spotify and type in either Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad, or Ruthie, uni, dad and me now maybe, but Martin and Ruth works fine. Uh, and go on Spotify and you can find the songs from this week in full and all the others from all the other weeks. I wanted to give you a little update mm. on the house hunt. Um, I've been, we went to visit two houses on Saturday um, and we've been looking at loads of online ones. We The first one we pretty much didn't like because a couple of rooms had fold-down desks from the wall. So, like, you didn't even have an actual desk. It was just, like, um, a tray that you would, like, eat your food on that pulled down from the wall, which is obviously not really okay. But six of you moving Six in. of us moving yeah. into one house, yeah. Um, five and then me. Just because, you know, sometimes you say six, six, and then it's like, oh, well, it's at seven because one one is you. I was counting you as a person. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know whether you meant the six of you, like six others. So it's not, it's five plus, plus me. Mm. It's either five plus one or six. Right. Or seven minus one. Or seven minus one or three plus three. Yeah. Or... Um, two plus two plus two. Yeah, two plus two. Two cubed. Two cubed. No. Yeah. That's how you do two cubed. Two times two is four at times two is six. No, it's eight. No, it's eight. Yeah, I was going to say that. So there's eight of you moving in. It's there's kind of eight of us moving in. It's a <laughs> See, massive we house. We started off the thing. There was only six of you moving in. That was eight. All right, two, two squares. No. There's a massive house. So you looked at this house. Yeah, so we like looked it. at this house. And then we went to see another one on the same street, which was decent. It was actually like, all right. It, I could definitely live there. It wasn't perfect, but it definitely could live there. But so you know how when you view houses when you're a grown up and you go in and they are the most the nicest that they'll ever look you've obviously clearly just cleaned all the beds mm. are done out there's no rubbish anywhere smell of fresh bread usually Sm- or yeah or, or a bit of glade at least you walk into this house and someone shows you around and they tell you about oh, this is this and you've got the the dishwasher already installed the kitchen was just redone in 2015 whatever the guy just drops us off at the house knocks on the door um no one answers it he opens the door and he's like yeah you can just go straight in he stands outside doesn't show us around or anything we just start walking in the people the uni students who were there at the moment were like we had a big um, house party last night so it's pretty it's like a bit of a state we walk around this house there's literally stuff absolutely everywhere I'm trying to t- I'm taking pictures for some people who couldn't like visit the house and there's just no point like you literally can't even see anything because there's just clothes absolutely everywhere there's like and like pizza boxes still on their beds and stuff and this is because like you don't need to make anything look nice because there's such a high demand for it they know you'll pay 125 quid even if the place is a state when you go and see it and like 
you look on the um usually there's such the pictures are so much better than the actual place that you go and visit but on this there's like dirty stuff in the sink in the pictures just because it doesn't <laughs> matter bother with the pictures no, no no because like they don't need to all there's like boxes of pizza on the pictures and all sorts and clothes everywhere on the pictures because they don't have to and that's the and it's such a big signifier of what the problem is that the market is so saturated yeah. that landlords can get away with just doing whatever they want like absolutely anything well, uh, and they charge so much for these places and you're thinking well how much I are they could... talking about for the six of you so it's about 125 each is that 125 is our very top budget and um, but we've looked at some places that are 120 we're going to see this is bills included uh we're going to see one that's 126.99 i think that's the very highest that we're going but we're trying to more be around the 115 120 mm-hmm. mark but and when you think about that you're like oh it's not that bad i'm paying more than that this year to live in halls and it's way not like it won't be as nice of a place or whatever but then you times 125 by six people that's 750 pounds a week i know it's exploitative oh my god it's massively exploitative and the university does nothing to combat I don't think it there's anything it could do is it you know within and i get market, that it's like private it's business supply but then, and demand but then know. they do it with halls like there's no need for the uni uni to be pay, like charging so there's just take for this for instance i'm paying 145 pounds per week at the moment so all right i'm allowed to say how much i'm paying yeah Yeah. 145 pounds per week and there's about 50 people on my floor so just on my floor alone they're getting 7250 pounds a week yeah and the quality of my accommodation is not good enough for that nor is the like catered food or whatever and it's just well your food's okay isn't it it's just fine yeah but I, i just don't I don't think that the idea with students should be let's get as much money as possible from them. And they've put up the um, all of the... Adam Bennett is like the main company that you use in York um, for finding student uh, houses and stuff for next year. And the um, they've put all their rent up by a fiver per week. Like everything's up by a fiver. It's, it is pretty yeah. outrageous. It's pretty outrageous. And they, they will also screw you over on deposits, you realise mm, that as yeah. well. Um, and tell you that you've made holes in the wall when you haven't and yeah. all sorts. Students are losing thousands of pounds a year to landlords who refuse to hand back deposits. Uh, this is according to campaigners. One in six students who rents from a private landlord either lost their deposit or had to fight to get it back. Uh, according to um, figures, the average individual deposit is £311. Have you not discussed deposits no, yet? No, not yet, because yeah. um, we're not... We've not gone. We've not gone to sign a lease or anything. We've got mm. another five viewings booked for this week. Is there a chance you'll lose it if you don't? The property that we went to yeah. see last week. Yeah, what yeah. If you like it, it seems to we shame. like it. We do, but we um, it was only the second one we'd seen, and we've got another five booked for this week. So we're going to see. I can't go and see them tomorrow because I'm in seminars all day. But uh, most of the other people are. We've got another two booked for tomorrow, and three more booked on Saturday because boxing is not on because it's fight night, Dad. It's fight night. It's fight night on Saturday. So boxing on Saturday morning. It's not <laughs> Does that affect your boxing on Saturday morning? I don't because they could, they're not training on on Saturday morning because it's fight night in the it's fight they're fighting in the oh, evening. Oh, they're fight they're fight. I thought when you said fight because I'm fighting in the evening. You're not. <laughs> of course, I'm not yeah. fighting. The uh, the people who are proper boxers mm. are fighting in the evening. So, so there's no training on the you're Saturday not morning. Not boxing the week this week. No. no, no, there wasn't a box. There's not a boxer of the week every week, Dad. 
Well, just that one week. Uh, anyway, £311 is the average deposit, so try and get it for a little bit less than that if you can. However... Who, do you have to get someone to like, look over the papers? Um, what are the rules? It might help. Yeah. It might, I don't think there's any rules, really. Because I don't really. know... Would you just go in? You're like, can I buy it, please? Like, how does well, you're it even work? We're not buying it. You're renting it. You, we are renting it. Yeah. Oh, they'll they'll. So lease. You. Don't worry. They'll talk you through it. They'll I don't. I would prefer uh, someone on my side to talk me through it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure me or your or your mum will uh, go and have a look for it w- with you. Mm. Um, look through the papers. Look through the papers. Yeah, yeah. No, they are getting snapped up the properties and. You do want to get somewhere that's nice. You do. But I mean, if you see somewhere nice, I'd just snap it up because they're all I think so, yeah. We've all said that, the six of us have said, if we're not all out of viewing and you think it's really good, we all trust each other to just yeah. make a call. But the good news is, after being exploited by landlords, according to a report here, this is by the Higher Education Statistics Agency, basically the report is saying that uh, the poorest applicants are still not getting to the top universities. The number of students from poor families getting into top universities has stalled, according to a think tank. Reform says that the proportion of students from disadvantaged families at leading universities has increased by only a quarter of 1% in five years. So a quarter of 1%? Quarter so of not 1%. Point Well, basically it has. It basically not 2.5 or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the, the oh poor, kids, poor kids are not getting into uh, top universities. Uh, the worst performing universities are King's College London, Queen Mary, Queen Mary University of London. I've University got two, College two of my London. best friends are at those two. Yeah, and Royal Holloway uh, University of London. So it's the London universities. Mm. Oxford's done slightly better, etc., etc. But the report There's says, a lot of... Um, the problem is there's a lot of pressure on like Oxford and Cambridge because mm. everyone's watching them, but yeah, then but the places like Durham it. as well like yeah. always end up that they can be a lot less diverse because yeah. they're not being watched as correct, tightly. Correct. Uh, the report says, uh, attending one of the UK's, and this is the good news for you, attending one of the UK's top universities can be a gateway to social mobility. Those who attend Russell Group Universities, for Me. example earn 40% more on average than those who study at other higher education institutions. Is that just so because they're... That's what do you it know, says. I, I get that that's true, but I don't know whether the link is between Russell Group Unis and earning more, or whether it's between people whose parents earn more, earn more, and they happen to go to Russell Groups. Do you know what I mean? Like, the link, well, the link is there, but I I'm not sure it's such a... What's the thing? Like, correlation doesn't equal causation or something? If you say so, well, I've never heard that. But that's what I think that's what they say in, like, science or something. Right, right. But you will, when you've been screwed over for deposits and not... Well, earn 40% more, yeah. You will eventually earn 40% more, which leads me to ask you, are there... I know that people think because you've got a broad Leeds accent, you're basically, you know, Jenny from the block. You're basically from... <laughs> Jenny the, from the block. You're basically, you're, you're from the ghetto i'm just wondering are there, and you've mentioned to me that there are kids from posh schools you know very posh schools at your university have you met any kids from you know some muggins you, school boy who lives in scunthorpe you remember boy who lives in scunthorpe scunthorpe's pretty pretty dire scunthorpe thank you for that it's pretty working class it's steel works and all that but what are most, i don't know most i just don't think you would even know really yeah i feel like most of the people i've met are like Working class, middle classes. It's hard. It's hard to know. You don't ask, do you? Yeah. You don't know, and you you wouldn't ask. And in the UK and stuff, Mm. and we really care about it. 
Whereas I think in other countries it's a bit more lax. Maybe at university it's like being in another country where class is not as noticeable. I think it is like being in another country. I think they, I think you're spot on there. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, they do things differently there. And maybe class just, you don't see it because everyone's kind because of in the, the same... same sort of age or going out. Yeah, everyone's that, so. living in the same kind of halls. Even if you've, you're well off, as like your family's well off or whatever, everyone's a little bit skint most of the time because... Mm. Yeah, you know, because it's you, you first time you're handling your own money. Well, it's the first time you're living away from home and handling your own money. For most people, obviously, some people are different. But yeah, maybe it's just that. One of your uh, great heroes, Ruth, got a bit of a kicking uh, this week. And this is Marie Kondo. She's not one of my great heroes at all. I've never even watched the show. Ah, uh, I thought you... I like to quote her in a semi-ironic way. Like, uh, I'll right. be like, oh, Marie Kondo in your papers or whatever does you were talking about decluttering weren't you yeah about 20 podcasts ago or 50 podcasts Marie Kondo in your life or whatever Marie Kondo in your life but I've actually never seen the thing I'm not it's fake fake fan dad all I know is that um, I fold my clothes the way that Marie Kondo says to fold your clothes so I like googled it what's that best way or whatever and she tells you how to roll your socks instead of um yes this is when you're packing yeah no, not just packing, just All in right. my normal drafts. And are you, have you kept your room beautiful and tidy? It's your... pretty tidy at the moment. I've got a few clothes out, but I keep it fairly neat. And do we thank Maria? I've got a lot of washing to do there, Dad. Yeah. Do we th- you should have brought it home, <laughs> you? Yeah, no, but I wanted to have it before next week. So. Do you thank Marie Kondo for... Um, my sock drawer has belt? never looked better. Okay. Well, well done, Marie Kondo, on that. Not so well done on opening an online store. This is Marie decluttering condo mm. who's now, now trying to sell you things like an electric oil diffuser ceramic chopstick rests and camellia wood shiatsu sticks um, what's the, a shiatsu stick i have absolutely no idea but i'm pretty sure you don't need one um and it's uh, so <laughs> what's a shiatsu stick it's 75 dollars. that's what a shiatsu wow. stick is she's uh, of course she wrote her book the life-changing magic of tidying up mm-hmm. um where she said oh, you don't need all this cluster all over the place um she's now offering a, a tuning fork and a quartz crystal for $75. Ms. Kondo, according to this website of hers, is never without a crystal and uses her tuning fork daily to help her reset. Wow. So it's a tuning fork like... You just hit it against a table and it's meant to, like, the frequency is meant to calm you in it. Yeah, helps her to reset. I've never heard of that before. You can also buy a quarter-pound bag of charcoal for $18. Oh, amazing. I was just looking, thinking I needed some charcoal. Or a scented... Uh, candle. Not allowed to have candles in my room. Aren't you? Nope. That virus. The burnt oak charcoal can be used to absorb odours. For this sounds like with all these boys mumbo jumbo weeing in there. Well, it sounds like mumbo jumbo, yeah. But with all those boys uh, weeing in their rooms, you might be as well to have something. You know, this burnt oak charcoal. Filter water. You can filter water with the charcoal, or provide a healthy boost to rotted plants. Uh, the scented candle gives off notes of English heirloom rose, lavender rose geranium, and Ceylon tea to inspire an atmosphere of uh, tranquility. The, do you want to know what the shiatsu stick is? is no, that, it's not particular. Only, it's actually only $12. Oh, OK. Well, we'll just get one instead then. Just wait uh, for it to arrive. It's got pointy and blunt ends. This camellia wood pressure point stick 
aims to enhance the ancient art of shiatsu. So it's something you would use. It's almost like... Uh, Interesting. What's that Japanese thing where they prick you with needles? Oh, acupuncture. Yeah, it's almost like acupuncture, that sort of thing. Do you have a meme for us? Yes, I have a meme. Leave them laughing. That's what you all say. <laughs> Open brackets. Invention of fishnet stockings. Close bracket. Fisherman 1. Help, I got caught in the fishnet. Fisherman 2. Is it just me or is Dave looking a little... Hot. Fisherman 3. No, Dave is definitely looking hot right now. Good. If you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can. Uh, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. It's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to the songs that we played today in full, then you can go over to Spotify and just type in Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad. Uh, either of those will get you to the full playlist with this week's songs and all the others. Mm-hmm.